Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. Today, Karen continues her eight-part series exploring the roots and history of attachment theory with the conclusion of her two-part discussion with author Bethany Saltman on Mary Ainsworth's strange situation procedure and her contributions to attachment theory. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I am Karen Buckwalter, your host for the podcast, and you are joining us today for another interview in our series on the history of attachment theory. Today, I am going to be speaking with Bethany Saltman. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her in a minute, but wanted to let you know that we are going to be discussing Mary Ainsworth and her contributions to attachment theory. Now, Bethany Saltman has been on the podcast before, and so if you did not hear that episode, I would encourage you to seek it out. Um, We can mention where it is in the show notes, but Bethany Saltman, when she was on before, was Uh, interviewed about her amazing book called Strange Situation, A Mother's Journey into the Science of Attachment. If you have not purchased and read that book, I highly recommend it. Um, Bethany Saltman is an author, award-winning editor and researcher. She's written for many magazines such as The New Yorker, New York Magazine, Atlantic Monthly, and of course, as I mentioned, her 2020 release of the book Strange Situation. She also does a lot of coaching with authors. um, And so that is another area of expertise that she has. So I am very much looking forward to talking with her about the incredible contributions that Mary Ainsworth made to attachment theory. So stay tuned. The interview will be coming right up. So hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. We are here continuing our interview with Bethany Saltman about Mary Ainsworth. So glad to continue to speak with you about this, Bethany. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So, you know, last time, of course, we were talking a bit about how Mary Ainsworth was a scientist in her own right. She had, you know, done so much work before any collaboration with Bowlby, had her own thoughts, her own ideas, some of them the opposite of Bowlby. Um, And and we're uh, talking about, of course, her huge contribution, the strange situation. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about towards, towards the end of that discussion was, what science was like then? I mean, some some scientists today, I heard um, a lecture by Jak Panksepp when he said, this isn't really science today because in the same way it was because funding kind of drives what you can do. And when I began as a scientist, curiosity drove 
what we could do. And we were just like given a lab, like study what you want to. St- I mean, of course, you know, they, they had certain procedures and everything they were following scientifically. But that's what this reminds me of with Mary Ainsworth, that she it was truly scientific discovery. Absolutely. Yeah, when you say that, I get goosebumps because it's so true. And reading her letters between specifically her and Sylvia Bell, her graduate student who was helping her, um, you know, cull through this ginormous amount of data. You know, I have the Baltimore study notes on my desktop and it's a 7,000 word PDF. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I know. And so, you know, she was so passionate about, you know, this scientific journey and the scientific method. Yes. And she was so determined and she was, you know, and if people questioned her, oh my gosh, she would write these like seven page type, these seven page letters just, you know, describing exactly how she's done what she's done and how she got there. And, and it's just a quality of depth and meticulous, um, like effort that I just cannot relate to. Well, so one of the things that I always think about with, with attachment studies, and, you know, I think of this also with Mary Main, it's just, and I I keep using this word because it fascinates me so much, the brilliance of their minds to find find patterns with, you know, Mary Main, whether it was in the speech, linguistic patterns. And AI is. Yes. And of course, her contribution of the disorganized classification in the strange situation. But, but just, I'm just trying to imagine like sitting there in Uganda and just watching all of these families for hours and coming up with these patterns that would hold. I know. Like the brilliance of the minds of these women. I mean, I could just imagine sitting there being like, well, this is interesting, but I, you know, (laughs) trying to find the patterns that hold and have held all these years. It's just so remarkable to me. It is very remarkable. And you know what else is remarkable is the fact that her book, Infancy in Uganda, is impossible to read. I have a copy. I know people who have been willing to pay thousands of dollars for out of print copies and they are unavailable. So if there's anybody out there who wants to bring this book to print, please get in touch with me. Um, it, it cannot stand. <laughs> so because because exactly what you're talking about, Karen, this pro- we have the evidence of a genius work in progress. Yes. Nobody is reading it. I mean, I have. Yes. But nobody, I have asked experts to raise their hands. I mean, some of the experts that we all know and love to raise their hand for if you've read Infancy in Uganda and not a lot of people have. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you read it, you can see this incredible movement from this very primary look at people to the AAI, for instance, one of the things that, so when Mary did all this work, and then she went back to Baltimore and she was trying to, you know, look at her data and trying to figure out, okay, you know, these people seem secure. These people seem insecure. These people seem what she called unattached, which we now call, um, sorry, the dog is feeling something, um, which we now call avoidant, essentially. Yes. Um, 
she was trying to find variables. Like, what is it that creates this between right. mothers and babies? Yes. And I'd love to do this quiz with people. I, I wish I had it in front of me. I'm um, like, what are the things? She, she came up with seven variables that she thought might be the case. And then she combed through her data. They were, hopefully I'll get them all. Warmth of mother, um, total amount of care, um, care, you know, amount of care by the mother, um, the um, the breastfeeding, you know, like how accessible was breastfeeding to the mother, mother's attitude toward breastfeeding, excellence as informant, and multiple caregivers. I think that's all seven. Yes. And so I like to ask people, which do you think? There were three that mattered. Um, which were they? And everybody says, oh, warmth of mother. Wrong, not warmth of mother. Multiple caretakers, wrong. The three things that that mattered to Mary in this first um, attachment study were a amount of care given by mother, and she and she always said it's not because mother is special; it's because you can't be sensitive if you're not there. Uh huh. So mother has to be there in order to be a sensitive caregiver. Yes. B the mother's excellence as informant, which is just this incredible premonition, foreshadowing of uh, Mary Main's work in the AAI yes. of the coherent story is the secure story. Yeah. So Ainsworth saw that early, early on. And then the third is mother's attitude toward breastfeeding. So I adore Mary for asking these, these African women how they feel about breastfeeding. And yes. imagine this in the 1950s, you know, when we have all these ideas about um, black women, African women, and how they're so naturally, you know, mothers and breastfeeding. So she saw through, through right through that. And she asked women how they felt about breastfeeding. And it turns out that that was, in fact, one of the three variables that mattered because she saw early on in the 50s that the way a mother feels is, is more important than what she does. Mm. And that's that is so beautifully said. Well, so that's my message, you know, every day of my life now. That's my work to to keep pointing out that attachment is has nothing to do with what you do and everything to do with how you feel. And, you know, she called um, women these long suffering mothers, the women who are like trying so hard to like paste on the smile and look like they are loving this and, and present, project this feeling. And it's, you know, it's like the, the attachment parenting thing of like, you know, the co-sleeping and the yes. being on demand and this whole shtick. And yes. it has nothing at all to do with attachment. Well, it, it reminds me of a story that I heard a, a lecture with Eric Hesse and, um, where he was talking about Mary Ainsworth and that there was um, a person, a mother in one of the tribes that was just kind of stern and not well liked. And, um, but her baby was secure. And Eric Hesse pointed out, but the baby liked her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that. That's what matters. Oh my gosh, that is perfect. That's per that's exactly right. And I'm sure that there was mutual delight, which is yes, exactly. What you're and that's why it reminded me with what you were saying. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so I tell people all the time, all your baby needs and all your child and your teen and your husband and your wife and whomever, all they need is to know that they are the apple of your eye. Yes. Sometimes enough times. It's yeah. so freaking simple. But if you are an insecurely attached person and your heart is locked up, you can't you can't convince anybody that they're the apple of your eye because you don't have access to that. Right. Right. Enough yeah. of the time. What you're talking about is so important and so misunderstood. So misunderstood. Yeah. And what, what, cause once you're aware of it, then you start hearing all these things that are like, no, you're, you're, you're sort of cringing inside. Like you're, you're missing the whole point. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and hijacking it. Yeah. And actually weaponizing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And shaming mothers. And boy, Mary Ainsworth did not shame mothers. She could be a little harsh. (laughs) And she used very, very clear language, which which is one of the things I love most about her. She did not pull any punches. Mm-hmm. She was really, really clear in what she saw. And she, she spoke clearly about what happens when, when parents are oblivious, for instance, to their children's needs. Yes. When, when we are narcissistically consumed. Yes. Um, when we are preoccupied, when we, um, you know, convince ourselves that our baby doesn't need us because it's inconvenient for us at that time. Yes. She just laid it all out. Yes. And it's like, oof, God, painful, but true. And if we're serious about wanting to, you know, um, cultivate a secure attachment, then we have to be honest with ourselves because that is what the whole thing is about, is, is a person's ability to metabolize their own feelings. Yes. And she was honest about herself. Yes, she was. Yes. I love that. Can you share what you know about that? (laughs) Oh my goodness. So much, so much. I mean, she, um, so she got a divorce, her husband, um, we're, we're not totally sure what happened there, but it was pretty dark and she ended up in psychoanalysis, which she said helped her with her career was the most, one of the most important things that ever happened to her because she then became, um, she metabolized her own stuff. Mm-hmm. And she, um, her, her analyst became a secure base for her, for yes. her to be able to open up and be vulnerable in this way. Yes. And um, so, you know, really baked into the very science of attachment is this experience of becoming vulnerable. Yes. The adult has to be vulnerable, not not because they're going to open up and share to the child, but because if we don't have feelings, if we don't have access to our own feelings, we can't um, participate in the very important back and forth work of modeling and metabolizing feelings that is yes. what an attachment system does. Yes. And so she was very honest about, um, you know, her own pain around that, her own pain about not having children. Yes. Um, her own desire for love. And she did find love at the very end of her life in um, a, an assisted living home kind of situation, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. And, um, and he was a doctor and she used to put her like diplomas and all of her awards out so that he could be sure to know that, you know, she was a doctor too. He was an MD. 
Yes. And um, and she was very honest about um, when she felt like people weren't getting it. Right. It's so, pretty humorous. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking about um, as we're talking is, you know, the this comments you made earlier in the interview that she didn't recognize um well she felt brainwashed in a way as she looked back and when she was f- f- first hearing about Bowlby's ideas and no 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 that can't be true and and she well to use a word we use in attachment the flexibility of her yes over the years so so then she was able to be like okay i'm, I'm just going to go in with, with an open mind i'm going to see if this is true i'm going to test it then coming along and even with the strange situation bethany sometimes i just imagine what would it have been like i wish i could ask her for mary main to to approach her and say i'm seeing another category or classification in this strange situation that i don't think you have seen and you know for mary ainsworth to be open to that and and not so brainwashed by her own ideas so to use your word totally And then lastly, uh, these stories I've heard of her going to the Adult Attachment Interview Institute, you know, learning all day the current system and like marching home at night and locking herself in her room and coding these AAIs. So so forever, the scientist, the learner, it just, it's so inspiring. I know, so inspiring. One of my favorite stories about her is how she used to write down what her really smart students said so that she would never inadvertently steal it. Oh, that's so beautiful. I know. I mean, what kind of a woman is that, you know? And she sounded like she was really, really fun. She loved to drink bourbon and eat roast chicken and watch tennis and play bridge. And she was just, you know, really delightful. And she was very, um, she was sorrowful that she never had children. I am grateful that she didn't. And I've said this before. I don't think she could have done this work as a mother because it's too hard. It's too hard to look that closely at that relationship when you have skin in the game. Yeah. The objectivity she brought to it. But, it, but she wasn't totally objective. And you can see that when, when you read the data from the Baltimore study, she develops totally inappropriate relationships with people that we would never accept now, not like sexually inappropriate or anything like that, but she becomes friends with a couple, one in particular uh, cases where she really develops, um, I mean, she loved all of the people that she worked with. She had such respect for them, but she became really close with some of these people. She would, there were, there are stories of her like walking some of the kids in strollers and staying for meals and, you know, martinis and cigarettes. And, um, she got in with some of them, which you can imagine why she would, but, um, she was very, uh, you know, and people always were asking her to be like um, her children, their children's guardians. <laughs> and she would have to say no. Um, but you can imagine she was such a, a presence. People wanted her to be close and she wanted to be close too. And so she had to work that out as we all do when you're in a position like that. Well, and um, in her defense, things were different then. Absolutely. In terms 100%. of how 
boundaries were looked at and all of these things. And, you know, as you're talking about that, um, I recently listened to a talk by Alan Shroof and, you know, following those kids their whole life. I mean, when he talks about his research, it, 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 I mean, he sounds like he loves them. Oh my but, gosh. You know, and, and it's so amazing. I know. I and understand. yeah. And, and so it, you know, part of it was the era, you know, part of it is some of these longitudinal studies where you're, yeah. you're, you know, tracking these people's lives for years and years. Yeah. Well, I think it's really cool, actually, that you say that. And I and I love that, you know, attachment feels so threatening to so many people, especially new parents, because of the way it's been so misunderstood and weaponized and used against women specifically by mm-hmm. Dr. Sears. Mm-hmm. It's a very clear agenda. Um, and I'll, you know, talk offline with anybody about that if they want to know more. But, um, you know, my experience of studying this field for all these years and going to the trainings and meeting, you know, the major players is that there is love in this mm-hmm. world. Yes. So, so much, so deeply baked in, like I said before, from Bowlby, you know, and his 41 thieves um, and, um, you know, and Aunt Mary and, and all of the, the women in Uganda who, you know, when you read, if you could read Infancy in Uganda, you would see just the glowing terms with which she describes these women. And, um, and that's really interesting. So it, there is a scientific, <clears throat> excuse me, um, drive here and command. And there's love. The same with Harry Harlow. Oh, my gosh. Well, and he is such a trip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's such a trip. But yeah, it, totally. It's a really, really good point. Yeah. And Alan Struve, oh my gosh, he's like just a big love. <laughs> yeah, and he, he loves, and he loves the work. And I did the strange situation training with him. And and when he did, um, he would show us videos that he's, the guy has looked at these things, you know, for the past 40 years or whatever, and he still gets worked up. You yes. can still see him being touched by people he's never even met. These are people on a video. Mm. And so there's a tenderness that's moving through this field that I admire and respect and love (laughs) it truly is a science of love and affection it really is yeah as they say yeah yeah Yeah. and the people who are at the helm of it i have found in my very personal experience to be um real um you know like experts yes in loving yes Yes, I have had the same experience with some of the opportunities of people I've been so honored to meet. So I wrote this question down as I was preparing for this interview, and it's pretty provocative, I think, and maybe you won't think so, but the question I wrote down was, would attachment theory have survived without Mary Ainsworth? Oh gosh, no way. That's not, I, I would, I wish I could say that's provocative, but no. <laughs> You're like, a, that's no, there's no question about that. No, no, no. And, and unfortunately, and fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not the only one who would say that. Okay. She is known to many as the, um, you know, the, the foot soldier for the theory. So, you know, you can think not, but but again, that makes her sound like she's somehow not an advanced thinker, which is clearly not the case. But Bowlby really came up with the theory and she um, manifested it and she proved it. Right. 
Right. And so, and the strange situation is what keeps it alive. Yes. So no way it wouldn't be. I mean, unless someone else came along and came up with a different tool. Mm-hmm. So see it because it's a beautiful theory and the way Bobby writes about it is stunning and true and you know so deep but it's not observable in this right way. right but there was a need for that scientific that proof um exactly she proved it and then Mary Main came along and you know, and Alan Struff and Dan Siegel and all of these incredible, incredible human beings who have um, furthered these, these observations into this science that is um, indisputable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know people try to dispute it, but I, and, and that people have written articles about me and how, you know, I misunderstand things. And, and I have to say, they just so, and these are scholars who so fundamentally understand the basics of just 101 attachment. And then they try to build an argument against it with all of these presumptions about feminism and, you know, what Ainsworth was talking about. And they, you know, talk about infants in Uganda without ever having read it. And it's just, it's a, a house of, um, you know, refracted mirrors, the mm. conversation about attachment, because nobody really, or very few people who are critiquing it, and this is certainly not the case across the board, but so many who are critiquing it don't understand it. And I can say that because I'm a total amateur. I'm not a professional. I'm not a PhD. I'm not a clinician. I'm someone who has just fallen in love with an idea and a a person and a spirit guide and I've taught myself a lot. And so um, I, you know, I know that they're just simply not reading the, the research correctly. Right. Right. Well, Bethany, as we wind down, um, are there some closing things you'd like to say that you just think are so important to remember about Mary Salter Ainsworth? Um, um, yeah, well, one thing actually is that, so there's in um, her Baltimore study, she came up with as a way of reviewing and coding that huge PDF that I talked about. Yes. Um, a set of scales, which is called the maternal sensitivity scales or um, yes. uh, caregiving and interaction skills. And this is one of the most incredible documents that um, I have ever read in my life. Um, I'm a long-term practitioner of Buddhism and it is like the Dharma in the way that she is so specific about mind states. It's yeah. a, it's like a 20 page document that has four scales and every mother got a, uh, got a, um, a coding, uh, got a score of between one and nine on these uh-huh. four scales. And I encourage every single human being to read this because it will blow your mind on a, it's a, it's a guidebook it's a map to how to love a person and where could someone find it well you can find it on my website oh okay i have it on my website and i'm doing a monthly free study group on these scales you are going to be bombarded saying that great (laughs) so the second tuesday of every month i'm getting together with a bunch of people who want to study this and Um, what we're doing is we're taking the scales and we're reading it as she meant it, but then we're doing this amazing thing of reading it 
we're changing the pronoun so that we're thinking about how are we learning to be sensitive to ourselves? Oh, beautiful. Oh, that's really a way to change intergenerational transmission. Yep. Really a way to have an impact. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. It's an hour and a half and the people who are coming are like quality human beings. And we just sit there and we just go through the scales and we talk and, um, and it's free and it's just a pure delight. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I would love to, you know, to, I I just want to get the word out. Yes. Yes. I mean, you are so earnest about this topic and it's so wonderful and beautiful and elegant the way you've gone about getting this message out and i'm so happy to have met you and read your book and which by the way is coming out in paperback and (laughs) and once again i will tell the story of how i was so enthralled with this book that I had it hard copy, but I couldn't stand to put it down on the weekend and I had work to do. So I had to quickly buy it on Audible <laughs> because, oh my gosh. because I couldn't stop hearing this compelling story. Oh my um, gosh. And so now I have it in both versions. Because, you know, if, 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 if I can't hold a book in front of me, I, 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 I had to keep going. I couldn't stop listening. Um, oh, so yes. Yeah. So, and people can find the book on Amazon and, yeah. and what, and you are also, I want to mention a writing coach. So, Hey, well, do a commercial for everything. Bethany Saltman right now. Oh, <laughs> Well, if you go to my website, bethanysaltman.com, you'll see it all. How to get the book, um, how to, I, I am a book coach. I work with other people on their books. And I have a, a group for therapists um, because I've had so many people who are therapists who are, in, who are interested in writing books. It's a very amazing little niche that I've stumbled into. So that's really fun. Um, the group is full right now, but I'll be opening another one in the fall. Okay. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just like in a great place right now and the paperback's coming out and the study group is so fun and you can learn everything on my website and I'm on Instagram as well. I just started that a year ago when the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, um, it was the best thing I ever did. I'm having a blast and meeting incredible people. And um, so follow me on Instagram and, um, you know, tell me about you. I love meeting people. And I'm so glad that I've gotten to meet you, Karen, because I was listening to your podcast for a long time as part of my research. Oh, so um, it's so fun that I'm, you know, now here. Yeah, that's that's an honor to hear that. And thank, oh, you for, gosh. thank you for coming back and joining us again. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm so glad you asked. And then I got to sing Mary's praises. Wonderful. Well, goodbye for now. Bye, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. Please follow our site, tkcchattuck.org, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please log on to tkcchattuck.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory.